Jesus, he's so powerful, he's so mighty, and he's so worthy of all that we can give today. Forever, your kingdom reigns forever. Come on, lift your hands all over this house. Your kingdom reigns, yeah. Your kingdom reigns. Hallelujah, hallelujah, forever and kingdom reigns, oh, forever your kingdom reigns. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today and praise? Someone shout in Jesus' name. I want you to pray with me right now, if you will. Heavenly Father, touch my life, touch my mind, open my heart to receive your word. Lord, let me instill your word into my spirit, into my mind, and most of all, into my heart. Lord, do not let me disconnect my mind and my heart, because Lord, you know the heart. And Lord, I want my mind to serve you, and I want my mind to... Lord, decide where my heart goes. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that we bind every unclean spirit that would try to interrupt our thought on you, Lord. And I loose the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit by the name of Jesus in this house. If you're joining us online, we loose the power of Jesus in your home, in your car, in your job, wherever you might be. We believe there's power in the name of Jesus. We know and declare that there's no other name given over heaven whereby we must be saved. Uh, we know that he came, a beloved son died and rose again that I and you could have eternal life. Someone shout in Jesus' name. And let everybody shout amen. If you're glad God saved you, come on, put your hands together. and Amen, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm Pastor Nate, and I'm so glad that you came. All of our guests here today, we're so glad that you're here. Those of you joining us online, we're thankful that you also are spending this Sunday morning with us in the house of the Lord. It's amazing as this local church, we have many people that we love. We love every one of you and we are thank God for you, but we're especially thankful today for uh, Brother Todd and Sister Leslie. They're back home and we're excited about them being in God's house today. Ah, we love them so much, amen? They just got married and they're happy. They got lots of smiles going on over there, so I hope it's contagious. I'm sending my wife over, so... In Jesus' name, someone say amen. Uh, we're going to be doing something very special here. Uh, as you know, we are a, a church that loves to give. We give overseas. You saw about Colombia. And if you've downloaded the app, I pray that you continue to ask the Lord to help you make a decision to uh, sponsor a child for one child. I pray that you will allow yourself to be moved on by God, especially during this season of giving. I pray that you will 
you will consider that at great length and ask the Lord to help you. It's $39 a month. I've had several of you ask me if it's $39 a week, and it is not a week, it is a month. It's $39, and you are going to change the life of a child. Someone say amen. We have about 40 of you that have taken advantage of this, and I'm so thankful for those that have helped, and uh, I believe that God's going to even move greater. Also, we will not be taking our annual uh, Thanksgiving offering for Revive Ministries. We're going to move that to April around uh, Easter time. So we are working on uh, doing all that. And of course, the Chuck and Taws are 100% on board. We continue to support them monthly and we continue to support that cause. Amen. So this year, I'm asking that you will consider this. I'm asking that you will take time for the heart of God's house. How many love God's house? Amen. Uh, yeah, come on, someone say amen. I, I need some help as your pastor. I don't come to you often, maybe, maybe once every four or five months, maybe, I don't know, not very often, but our utilities have been up, they're up over $7,000 so far this year, um, and I know your utilities are up, so if we can all pitch together just a little bit, I want to receive an offering uh, next Sunday, it's going to be the Heart for God's House offering, you'll be given uh, uh, some uh, handouts when you come in next Sunday, and uh, we're not going to consume the whole service with it. We're going to take just a moment and let God. But I want to speak to you about it today. Those of you online, those of you here, we can do this online or you can do this in check form or you can give cash, whatever would be good. So I want to just mention that today, a heart for God's house. I believe we're doing amazing things in the kingdom of God. Amen. Do you believe that today? Someone give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving. Amen. Today, I'm going to continue in our series, Living, someone shout living, in the last days. I'm a pastor that believes, and I believe the scripture bears it out without equivocal, uh, unequivocalness uh, uh, that it's telling us that we got to live. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 that when you hear of all the things going on, don't be troubled, right? Someone look at your neighbor and say, don't be troubled, Amen. Matter of fact, he later says that we've got to comfort each other with these words. The words of what? The words about the last days and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved and you know that you are, shout amen. amen. Then you also should know that these things shall must come to pass in order for Jesus to come back again. Wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24, we know that Jesus said, if you hear of these things, the end is not yet. Someone say amen. But then he says, when the gospel has been preached to everyone, every nation is what it says, then the end has come. Technology has allowed every nation today is hearing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you ought to give God a praise for that. Amen. So we talked the first week about the signs of the times. What are the signs? How do we know? Jesus said uh, about the fig tree in Matthew 20, at the end of Matthew 24, he says what? He says, you can observe the fig tree, and when the leaves start coming on, you know that summer is on its way. And in this world, we can observe the things that are going on in the world between technology and all of the news and all the stuff. We can observe, not the day nor the hour. Someone shout, no man knows. But we do know the season in which he might come by observing like we observe the fig tree. Summer is coming. The leaves are here. And then Jesus, I preached last week from the, the ten virgins uh, because they are so, right after that in, in chapter 25 of Matthew, Jesus immediately goes into telling us about the rapture, the catching away of the saints of God and the resurrection in Christ. Someone say amen. So if you did not hear those or you missed those, you can pick them up on Facebook Live uh, right here on our, our, our website here or on Facebook, the Pineview site, and you can go back and watch those other two messages. Today, we're going to move on from the rapture into the tribulation. Now, I, I want you to look at your neighbor and say these words. Are you ready? Now, I want you to say them precisely. Look at your neighbor and say, if I'm ready... Everything pastor's fixing to preach won't matter. Ah, did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? 
Some of you are have anxiety and worry about things that you need to put to bed and rest because God did not give you the spirit of fear, but love, joy, and peace. Someone shout amen. So many of us have been taught um, from perspectives that I uh, think that are more dark and more dreary and more fearful and and if we can scare you into this altar to commit your life to Christ and man we've done something good and I say if I can scare you in the devil can scare you out because it's not about being scared it's about being pricked in the heart by the Holy Spirit and saying yes Lord I surrender my life to you because you are my savior oh, I need some help in this house you are my king you are my all in all. So we're going to look at. Now, I am going to go um, very, very uh, quick today. I have 31 or 38 slides. I can't remember how much. So I have, I'm going to get going here. I have complete handouts today. I have 50 of them right here. And I'm going to let you come if you want. Not right now. <laughs> After service, I'm going to allow you to come and get complete handouts of my entire notes. I'm also including in, these, in this note, the third page here on the top, is about why I believe pre-tribulation is, is the proper theology. And I'm not saying I'm right about everything, but I think, I think that I, I'm right about most things. So just ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I want you to, uh, there's some, just some scriptures here. There's not my opinion. I have not written one word of opinion on this page. It's just passages of scripture. If you're a guest here today, you're going to learn about our church here that we believe in the absoluteness of the word of God. We try very hard not to preach a lot of fluff. Amen. We preach the word because it's not the words of pastor Nate that changes your life. It is the word of God that changes your life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? So the rapture, the tribulation, preceded uh, by the rapture, the 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, we read that and we talked at length about where believers are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Someone say amen. The church age is complete. I want to say that. Uh, I want to make sure you have this. I'm doing this in a timeline, in a chronological order, as I see it in the scriptures, as the scriptures states it. So here we go. Uh, the church age is complete. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that Christ came, died, rose again, that you and I may have new life. When we are caught up to meet him, uh, we are no longer uh, just here on this earth. We are in heavenly places. Someone shout Amen. And we are the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, the church, the scripture tells us. So if we're gone, the church is gone. The time of the cross has been fulfilled. The time of Calvary has been complete. And now, after the rapture, there comes a time of tribulation. That tribulation is an important factor because that's why I had you look at your neighbor and say, if all that pastor preaches today really doesn't matter if I'm ready. I keep talking to you about take heed, what? Watch and what? Pray. Take heed today, watch for tomorrow and pray that the Lord would save you and keep you in this last hour. Someone say amen. amen. So we're gonna go, are you ready? I'm going to again have handouts, and if we run out, I'll make some more. But So I, I'm doing that so you can pay attention, right, and not have to write a note about what's going to come. I'm doing this so that you can really hear me today. And if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me via email or something here or, or my, text me, and I would love to discuss what we hear from the word of the Lord today. Again, we're going to go through this as the scripture tells us. Someone say amen. So we know in Roman, I'm sorry, in Revelations chapter 13, there's a rise of the Antichrist. There's a rise of the Antichrist. Look, after the rapture, a charismatic world leader will what? He will rise up. 
He'll be known as the what? The Antichrist. And he will rise to power. You're going to find that in Revelations uh, 13, 1 through 8. I'm not going to read all of these passages today because we would be here for several hours. But I want you, that's why I'm giving you these notes, to go home and study to show yourself approved. Someone shout amen. So we know that the rise of the Antichrist. And, and this will make the start of the tribulation based on Daniel 9 and 11 and 12. So we're going to look at this from that perspective. Then immediately from Revelation chapter 6, the seven seals began to be opened by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He unleashes a series of judgments upon the earth. Remember, you and I are not here. <laughs> so the first half of the tribulation... There are some that believe we are enduring the first half. And I don't dismiss them. I just, I'm telling you what I see based on the scriptures through the word of God. So I'm not here to argue or fight. And it's not about your salvation today. Someone shout amen. This is about understanding a timeline of what's happening in this hour. So we are seeing the signs of the time. We are looking forward to the rapture. Someone shout amen. Is everybody looking forward to the rapture? Someone say amen. Well, I got some of you here. Are you ready for the rapture? That's what I'm asking now. Jesus is going to come and catch us up to him. Mm. At the end of this tribulation, he will come down with us to fight the last battle of Armageddon. And we'll discuss that. So we find the seven seals in Revelation 6. It describes every seal. So this is the first half of, the, of uh, the tribulation after the rapture of the church. The first is the four horsemen. You can read about those in Revelation 6, 1 through 8. You will see that these four horsemen, they represent or symbolize, number one, quest, war, fame, and death. Famine, rather, and death. Quest, war, the four horsemen, fam, famine and death. Secondly, we will find again the martyrdom of the believers in the fifth seal. The, fir the first four are wrapped up in one event, which would be these four horsemen. The fifth seal is reveals the souls of those who will be martyred for their faith. What does it say? During the during the uh, the tribulation, so it's going to be very important for you to understand. Now, the Lord would seem to show us this um, somewhat through a glass darkly, but there is obviously those that are going to not be caught up that still have faith and believe. Do you understand me? So if you in this room, if your, your wife is caught up and you're left behind, I don't know about you, but I'm still going to keep my faith praying that God will have mercy upon me. Well, you better. Because <laughs> there seems to be uh, a, an understanding that happens here. Now, in this moment, uh, these souls are martyred for their faith during the, revel uh, the tribulation. You're going to find that in Revelation 6, 9 through 11. So you're going to see that as the revelations uh, will, will help you understand that. But this is happening during the tribulation. These are believers that are, are still believing uh, in what they were taught, but they were left behind. It's like the, the, the ten virgins. The ten virgins did not stop believing there was a bridegroom. They simply got the door shut and was left behind. Let that sink in for a second. Next, the sixth seal is the great earthquake or cosmic disturbances. And that causes a great earthquake. When Jesus releases this, the sun turns black, the moon turns red, and the stars fall to the earth. You'll find that in verses 12 through 17. This is an area, this next seal is the seal that's important. Before the seventh seal, you're going to find the 144,000 that so many have questions about. If you have questions about who the 144,000 is, raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, right? Well, that was t 10 or 12 of you. Well, um, I got good news for you. I'm not sure I know either because the Bible is very dark about this. And where God does not speak, I do not want to speak for him. But I believe based on my study and all the other things, when the church age is over, Jerusalem and the children of Israel still have a promise. 
that has been unfulfilled. And you're going to see God turn his what? You're going to see the rest of eternity, the rest of this tribulation, the rest of all these things turn his attention back to the original God's people, which are the Jewish people. And this, I believe, will be what happens here before the seventh seal, the great uh, uh, seal that will come after the 140,000. Um, I believe they could be the 12 tribes of Israel who are sealed and protected by God. You'll find that in Revelation 7, 1 through 8. Then the seventh seal, someone say the seventh seal, is opened. And that seventh seal... It's opening results. It's so amazing and powerful and, and devastating that it results in silence in heaven. I want you to think about it. us being resurrected from the dead and being caught up to meet him in the air. It was when God what? Shouted. Someone shouted amen. But now the, 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 the seal is being unleashed and all the world is coming to judgment. And it is so powerful that now God is silent. The angels are silent. And this is the severity of what's happening. Following the seventh seal in Revelations 8 and 1, you find the seven trumpets. The seventh seal is going to be one of great, great magnitude. The seventh trumpet of judgment. We go from, from seals to judgment, right? We go from seals rather to trumpets. And then the trumpet after that is this, hail fire. The trumpet causes hail fire, destroying much of the earth's vegetation in chapter 8 and verse 7 of Revelation. Then we will find a burning mountain into the sea. That's the second trumpet, seeing that something like as unto a huge mountain is thrown into the sea, and the sea turns to blood in Revelation 8, 8 through 9. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I'm ready. <laughs> I need you to shout it to your neighbor. I'm so glad I'm ready. Come on, say it again. I'm so glad that I'm ready because I'm not going to be here for this. <laughs> Somebody needs to praise God for his mercy that endures forever. Somebody needs God to praise right now because he caught you up, that he came and died for you, that you can have life and life more abundantly. I need you to understand there's a great purpose in why you are baptized because if you're not buried with him, you will not rise with him. Uh, baptism is not about public confession. It's a part of it, but it's not the reason. The reason is so you fulfill the promise of God. Jesus was baptized so that he can resurrect in the John baptized him and therefore made him eligible. The man Christ was baptized so that John could declare what happened. The father came and said, Ah, oh, sent the dove, which is the Holy Spirit, and said, This is my son in whom I am. What? Well pleased. It was his coronation. You and I are to be like who? Jesus. We're supposed to aspire to him and live to him. And that's why I preach with everything that's within me. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit of God why Nicodemus wanted to know why how how I want to know and you got to understand today that the things that we do are not traditions we obey the word of God and we believe that this word is alive and well and will bring us through these last days someone shout amen if you believe that give God a praise amen So the first half of the tribulation, we find that there are seals and we find that there are trumpets. Wormwood, the third trumpet, it causes a great star called Wormwood to fall on rivers and springs and make their waters bitter. You'll find that in Revelation 8 and verse 10. And then you'll find the fourth trumpet. And it causes the sun and the moon and the stars to be darkened by a third. A third of the light that was shining will disappear in Revelation 8 and 12. The first woe comes with locusts. In the midst of this trumpet, their fifth trumpet is called a woe, W-O-E, woe. 
uh, it's something that is, is uh, I have woes in my life. It's something of devastation and, and, and problem. The fifth trumpet will open the abyss. Someone say the abyss. Releasing locust-like creatures that torment, listen, that torment those that are without God's seal in Revelation 9, 1 through 11. Now I want to pause here and tell you that you'll notice it says without God's seal, right? We can see very quickly that this is a connection, I believe, to those that are still trying to keep themselves even in the midst of the tribulation and have not caved to the beast, nor to his mark, nor to all the other things. That in the midst of everything, they say, I know I didn't make it in the first, right? I know I'm not a part of the bride of Christ at this moment, but I am going to live my life accordingly so I can hope that at judgment seat of Christ, I will be shown mercy. Someone say amen. Someone shout amen. This should bring hope to your life. Second woe is the demonic army. We find in Revelation 9 and 13 through 21, the sixth trumpet releases a demonic army that kills one third of all humanity. Someone say, I'm glad Jesus took me. You've got to recognize that when we read these things, there's so much disinformation. I'm going to give you an, a, an example of some disinformation, right? In, 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 uh, uh, how many have ever heard the phrase, the lion shall lay down by the lamb? If you can just raise your hand and wave at me, right? The lion shall lay down. Only about six of you? Come on now. You can raise your hand and wave it at me. You don't, it doesn't cost anything. There you go. Thank you. Lion shall lay down. You can Google it. And you're going to see all these beautiful posters with lambs and lions and they're all hanging out and, you know, eating grass together and, and that's really cool but literally you will not find those words in the scripture you will find its concept but you will not find those words the lamb shall lay down by the lion now the concept is there it says the wolf in isaiah 11 you're going to find isaiah 11 he's going to talk about lion he's going to talk about lamb but they're not they're, that phrase is not there the lion shall lay down by the lamb it doesn't say that there's concept there so if we're not careful, we will listen to people's opinions of Scripture instead of reading the Scripture for ourselves. I, I, I'm just letting you see this. Brother Carl's searching his pad feverishly. <laughs> Isaiah 11, Brother Carl, 6, verse 6. It talks about the wolf shall lay down by the lamb. But it doesn't say Lion. We, and he said, Pastor, what's it? Well, there, technically, there's a big difference, but uh, theoretically, or you want to talk about uh, ideas, well, it doesn't make a difference, maybe. But here's my point if we're not careful, we will always put things through a filter that we've heard from others instead of filtering it through the Word of God ourselves. The concept that a lion shall lay down a lamb, I'm all good with it, right? I'm all good because it, it talks about how there's going to be peace and harmony and all those things. I'm all good with it. But I just want you to understand that you've got to study to show yourself approved. So you cannot be easily deceived by those that want to say things that are not the what? Absolute truth. Someone shout it with me. Absolute truth. Now we can say, well, that, that's what I see you. And that's the connection I make. And that's great, Right? But what does thus saith the word of the Lord? And that's what I want you to understand when it comes to these things. I've been very honest with you about the 144,000. I really don't know who they are. Here's my best summation of what I see from the covenants. Church age over, he turns to the Jewish people, and it kind of fits, right? But it's not absolute. I don't have, like, oh, this is, I'd stake my life and my Holy Ghost on it. No, 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 mm -mm, no, not happening, right? But I can stake my Holy Spirit or whatever I want to stake on the fact that these things shall come to pass in the timeline in which God said they will happen. I don't know what he's going to seal them or who they are, but I know it's going to happen. So don't be pulled by things that are a lot of human summation, human idea. This is what I believe and I think. and uh, There's room for that in that. But make sure you understand that you never move away from the fact that Jesus is coming again. And that I need to be ready for the rapture. Someone say amen. amen. Am I helping somebody today? So what happens after this demonic, the sixth, the seventh trumpet is sounded 
And it is a proclamation of Christ's reign, the seventh angel. And it will come loud voices in heaven proclaiming the king of the world. Read it for yourself, Revelation eleven fifteen. The king of the world has become the king of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Someone shout amen. The seventh angel is not a voice of judgment, but a declaration of absoluteness. It is a declaration that Jesus is the ruler of every universe, all mankind, every demon, every angel, every per- everything, all things. Someone shout all things. All things are under his feet, the scripture says. So when we look at this, we can see that that proclamation comes in that seventh trumpet in Revelation 11 and 15. Then there are two witnesses, and you'll find those during, uh, in Revelations 3 uh, through 12. And during the first half of the, of the tribulation, these two witnesses prophesied for, uh, for 1,260 days, and then they were killed, and then they were resurrected. In Revelation 11, you can read their story. It's a very interesting story about how these witnesses of who Jesus is, the declaration of what happens is important. Um, and, and I think that when you study this... Now, I do want to pause here for a second and say that I will be going individually. I will talk to you uh, this coming year in our Bible studies. You will find, you will want to be here because we're going to take you. Today I'm giving you a general overview of the timeline, but then I'm going to take you what is that first woe and how is it happening and what's going on inside of that first woe, the locust. What is that, all the details of that. So in every one of these slides, I'm going to be going into great detail what's happening within that moment of that trumpet or that seal or in a minute the bulls so we find that now the great tribulation begins after Christ is proclaimed and after the two witnesses show themselves witnesses of God we find that the second half of the tribulation begins and the antichrists the antichrists someone look at your neighbor and say I'm glad I'm not going to be here mm-hmm. uh-huh. the antichrists global domination the Antichrist, there is no restraint upon him. The Spirit of God, because the church is gone and you and I have been removed, the Spirit of God is also gone. He is allowing Satan and his dominion to have full rule and reign on the earth. The Antichrist breaks the covenant that he made with Israel and asserts himself as God in the third temple. The third temple will be built, but that third temple does not have to be built in order for us to be raptured and resurrected. It's not an absolute for us that are in Christ. It is necessary for the Jewish people and God turning his attention toward them after the church age is over. So we find that the Antichrist comes. He inserts himself. We read about this in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 and 4. Don't be easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim they have a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Listen to this. He will, who will? The, the enemy will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. And he will even, the scripture says in Second Thessalonians, sit in the temple of God proclaiming that he is God himself. So God allows the removal of us, the body of Christ, the spirit of God in this earth. Satan is loosed and the Antichrist takes over dominion. Then in 2 Thessalonians we find that this is what is recorded. Paul reminds us of this. It's important that you recognize this, that he will exalt himself. So why is this important? Because then, someone shout then. Someone look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I'm not going to be here. Then comes the mark of the beast. Now, I want to talk to you for a second. If I have in my ministry asked, someone asked me whether they were, 
had the mark of the beast or they thought an item was a marker. I see it on Facebook often that somebody puts up something and boy, someone's getting this and that and, and it's the mark of the beast. And I feel bad for them because they don't know their Bibles. And I want you to understand that I'm giving you this as a point of reference so that you can be equipped not to fear about things that are not of God. That you're not afraid of these last days. That you look forward. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. This mark of the beast does not happen until the second half of the tribulation. In the second half of the tribulation is when the Antichrist and his prophets, because he has not been released until this second half. Mm. So you can't get the mark of the beast now because... It's not going to happen until we have been resurrected and out of here. So guess what? You're not going to get the market. Well, what if, I, what if they give me a number and they stick a, a chip under my hand? That's technology. That's not the mark of the beasts. Can technology be used? Yes, that's why they're inventing it. Because that's exactly what it'll be used for. But just because it's available doesn't mean that it's here. Thank you, Brother Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I've got your attention now. Because some of you have been told that the mark of the beast is around the corner, that we're going to get it any day. That's not what the scripture bears out. The scripture, someone shout the scripture says. It's not happening until the latter half of the tribulation. So you cannot receive something. Someone look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm not going to be here. Some of you are in fear of the mark of the beast when you need to tell the devil, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be caught up to meet him in the air. I'm going to be forever with him in the clouds. I'm going to be around his throne at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Did you hear what I said? Because it's during the tribulation that you and I are kings and priests that we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're celebrating with Jesus Christ the fact that he saved us we're at the marriage supper of the lamb we're not down here taking marks and doing locusts and doing all the stuff no we're rejoicing in heaven uh, we're around the throne room of God uh, we're shouting at the top of our lungs holy 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 uh, Lord God almighty which was and is and is to come uh, he is the king uh, Someone, everyone ought to give God a praise right now. That's what you ought to do. You ought to give God a praise. <laughs> I can tell in my spirit because your spirits are talking back to me that I'm stepping on your theology right now. That I got some of you, you're going, mm, I, boy, I always heard that it was going to happen here, there. And I'm telling you what God's word says. Someone say amen. amen. This is the Antichrist not even being activated to, to do all that he can do without God's permission until the second half of the tribulation. So the mark of the beast comes. You can't buy nor sell. All those things happen. That's in Revelation 13, verses 16 through 17. You can read that. Then after the mark of the beast is revealed, let me say one last thing about the mark of the beast. I, 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 the Lord won't let me get away from this just for a second. The scripture says, Brother Carl, will you find it for me? I don't have it pulled up. Uh, they that worship, right? Um, the, the mark, receive the mark and worship. Um, Brother Carl, our resident scholar, and, and, and he, he's going to help me. He's going to help me be teaching this, this coming year about all these things. And uh, today I want you to get an overview. I don't want, I'm not going into detail so that you'll come back on Wednesdays. You know what? I, I want to stop while we're waiting on the car. I just want to say if, if you're not careful, you're going to let your life be stolen by busyness. I read to you a scripture last week where Jesus said this, that, that if you're not careful, you're, you're going to be living a life of drunkenness and he equates the cares of this life to drunkenness. The cares of this life are just that. They are just life. They're moving. But our, mm, but our life gets so busy without God, we forget to schedule Jesus in our schedule. And I'm just going to declare right now in Jesus' name that in this last days, there are... Mm, Five wise and five foolish. 
It wasn't that the five foolish didn't love God and want to go to heaven. That's not what it was about. It was the fact that they let themselves be taken elsewhere and unconcerned about their Holy Spirit inside of them. Boy, that, that was a spiritual kick. I, I, I want to just declare this, that yesterday, over 500,000 people died on this planet. Do you hear me? 600,000 were born. Do you hear me? Yesterday, there were 500,000 people that met Jesus. And he will separate them by the lambs and the sheep. By the sheep and the goats, rather. So, our, our, our resurrection and our face-to-face with Jesus Christ is not just about him catching us away. It's about my daily life and what I'm doing. You can live in mercy and grace, but that doesn't mean you're excused from all your sin. You can do whatever you want. What it means is that you have a moment to God confront you and say, hey, you need to change that in your life because I love you so much. I'm going to discipline you about this and I want to save you. Not because, not because I, I'm going to force you, because you asked me to save you. Am I making sense right now? Am I, am I helping anybody in this house? So hear your pastor today when I tell you there is an alarm going off in the spirit. There is an alarm going off in the spirit and you better take heed, you better watch, and we better pray. Because if we don't, Jesus said, if I come back and I catch you, what? Not watching. You're going to be lost. Well, if I'm lost, I'll just make it through the tribulation. Woo! That does not sound like a good time to me. I, I don't know about you, but what I've read so far does not sound like Disneyland. You think you have anxiety now. Be ready. Someone shout, be ready. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, be ready. Someone say amen. So, Brother Carl. Okay, just give me one. One where it, says, it talks about they that take the mark and what? And worship the beast. Receive uh, uh, the worship right here. And, and 14 and 11. And the smoke torment ascended up before, forever and ever, and they had no rest day or night. Who what? Worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark on his name. So the mark is not the issue. God wants to know who you're worshiping. Technology, it is preaching. Uh, technology is not your problem. It's who you're worshiping. That's who your problem is. Well, well, I love Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to what? Keep my commandments. So we can talk a good talk, but Jesus is coming down to real brass tacks right now. He's coming down to live right beside us and saying, uh, look, there are going to be those that say, Lord, Lord, and they're still not going to enter in. There's going to be five foolish and five wise. They're going to go and try to buy oil at midnight and all the stores are going to be closed. Be ready. Pastor, you're preaching hard. You better believe I'm preaching hard because I'm the pastor and I'm responsible for the word of God in this house, right? Why? Because I'm not here to show you six ways to rededicate your life to your wife. That's great. I hope you do it, right? And we teach about it. We have marriage classes. But I'm here about say you better be ready to meet Jesus, the bridegroom. Someone say amen. I'm almost done. I'm getting there. I'm flying like... I feel like the Wright brothers this morning. Someone say amen. amen. So the mark of the beast, that's Revelation 14 and what, Brother Carl? 11. 14 and 11, Revelation, that's not on your sheets. Um, Revelation 14, 11, it shows you that there's more to just a mark. It's about what you're worshiping, who you're worshiping. So seven bowls. People say, did I get the mark? No. Are you worshiping the beast? Well, no, I'm, no I'd never do that. Well, then you did, it doesn't matter. By the way, when the mark comes, you and I are not supposed to be here. Someone say amen. Amen. Seven bowls of judgment. 
seven angels pour out bowls of God's wrath. So Jesus poured out the first, and then now the seven angels are coming, and they're pouring out bowls. Imagine bowls full of God's wrath, bringing plagues and destruction upon the earth. And this comes to us in Revelation chapter 16. You're going to see in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 2 that great sores are now coming. The first bowl, painful sores to those with the mark of the beast. Those that have taken the mark and worshiping the beast, now they're being consumed by this judgment from God because they chose the beast. And come, right? By the way, if you think you're going to make it through the tribulation, you got to figure out how you're going to buy and sell during this time. Second is the sea turns to blood. The second bowl, the sea turns to blood. It kills all sea life. You're going to find that in verse 3. Rivers and springs. You say, well, I'll just go to the Great Lakes and fish. No, that same thing is going to happen because the water in the Great Lakes and all the rivers are going to turn to blood. And that's in verse uh, 4 through 7 of chapter 16. And then the fourth bowl will cause the sun to scorch all people with fire. And then the fifth bowl will be darkness. It will plunge the kingdom of the beast and the Antichrist into a great darkness that you can't see anything. They will wander around groping, wondering where they're at in verses 10 through 11. Then there will come the, the, the great Euphrates will dry up. And by the way, the Euphrates River is almost already dried up. The sixth bowl dries up the Euphrates River because they are preparing the way for the kings of the east to come and descend upon Jerusalem and fight the people of God. Now, this is where I, this is me now, this is not the scripture, this is, I'm just telling you why. This is, God has turned, church ages over, God has turned himself to the Jewish people, right? This is why I say the 144,000, this is why I say those seals that the enemy, uh, that we're seeing undone, it happens to be on the, on the Jewish people. But this is why, because in the end, we're coming up to what? We're coming to Armageddon, and Armageddon is about the promised land. The Armageddon is about the kings from all the earth coming and descending upon that great valley which is Armageddon which is in Israel and there's going to be a great war that's going to take place someone look at your neighbor and say I'm so glad I'm not going to be here because Armageddon is the seventh bowl the seventh bowl the angels declare it is done in other words it's over the angels stand on heavens and on the behalf of Christ himself they scream with a great shout and say it is done Now the kingdom of God and his Christ will come. Armageddon is raging. There's blood running to the horse's bridle. There are things happening that are unimaginable. All the earth and its armies are focused in one area. That place is called Armageddon. It's in the Middle East. You want to want, know why all these wars in the Middle East are so important? Because they are the forerunners of what's going to happen at Armageddon. Because they're all fighting against the same people God's people not my people God's people and while mm, I feel the Holy Spirit here this morning and so while we contemplate this we need to understand that at Armageddon you and I, someone say you and I <laughs> look at your neighbor and say that's you and me right now <laughs> Yeah, we say we have been caught up in the rapture. Come on, say it. We've been caught up in the rapture. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, we're full in the spirit because we have been at the table with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have been, well, we've been having a party, right, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Come on. But now we get up and we get bridled. We put on our war materials. We get up and say, I will go with you, O God. And Jesus will come back on a white horse. And he will be all things to all men he's gonna come set his foot on the mountain of olives and it will split in half and god will defeat those armies of armageddon and he will save jerusalem and he will save his people you ought to give god some praise for that this is someone look at your neighbor and say this is 
the true second coming of Jesus Christ. The first time he catches us up to him, but now he's coming back with us in all his glory. I'm not opposed to saying that the rapture is a second coming of Christ because he does come and get us, but we don't see Jesus uh, until he's on that horse riding out of those clouds and we're behind him saying, we are here to serve the lamb and the lamb slain from the foundation of the world because now, someone shout now. Now we are, mm, we're, 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 we're coming back with him. We are seeing this in Revelation 19, 11 through 21. You can read it at home for yourself when you look and see that the armies defeat the Antichrist and his armies. And what happens, Satan, in chapter 20 and verses 1 through 3, uh, Jesus comes and he binds up Satan uh, and casts him into the abyss for 1,000 years. And Jesus sets up his kingdom, the kingdom of our God and our Christ. He is there ruling and reigning in the millennium. And you and I are kings and princes and priests and we rule over the nations in peace and this is where you will find the lion laying down by the lamb so to speak <laughs> or rather the wolf the scripture says laying down by the, by the lamb so when we look and see this we can see that there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen I hope you get this this morning because I don't want you fearing the mark of the beast because you shouldn't be here during the mark of the beast. The binding of Satan will happen for a thousand years and then, then Satan will be loosed for a very, very short period to do whatever he can to deceive those but then Christ will come and he will set up his kingdom and rule and reign on this earth. Someone say, on this earth. I want to say something to you that I hope I help you. Then comes the great white throne judgment. It's not until here that every person in mankind, ever living, breathing soul, will be resurrected to stand before God. You and I, as children of God, live by a different covenant. We are resurrected unto God. We won't be judged at this white throne judgment because we've already been judged by us being lifted up and taken away to meet him. In the, if you're eligible to be taken away, that is your judgment. Now, we know there'll be different uh, rewards for us, right? That when we are in heavenly places, that there'll be, uh, some of you get shacks and some of you are saved by the skin of your teeth, but I'm okay with that, right? I'm okay with my, right? No, no, don't be okay with the skin of your teeth or a shack in heaven. My God, quit making that mentality happen in your, I don't want to be saved by the skin of my teeth. I'm not looking forward to a shack on the backside of heaven. No, I'm a king and a priest and I believe that I have rights in the kingdom of God. I have a promise. I'll be a front of the line. I've been thinking about changing my name to Adams or something, right? Because I, I'm, I'm in my mind, my human mind, I'm thinking he's going to go in chronological order, right? Yeah. Yeah, and N is way down there, right? I want to be at the front of the line. I'm going to say, you know what? I, I, my last name was really Adam. <laughs> I changed it at the 22nd courthouse in Ann Arbor. It's all good, God, right? Someone say amen. And by the way, there's a new name written down in glory. <laughs> and it's mine. <laughs> oh, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Sister Tabitha, come and make these people think I'm quitting. Those of you online, I hope that you're, you're hearing me today. I pray that you are being touched by the Holy Spirit that's in this room. Here's what I'm feeling in the Holy Spirit this morning in this room. I'm feeling two different things. I'm feeling some joyfulness and some dread. And those of you that are feeling joyful, do not be, do not flaunt that joy for those that do not feel that joy. We can rejoice, and we should, as an example of what can be. But I, I want to talk to those of you that are laying awake at night. I want to talk to you online who, you didn't show up this morning because you're a regular member, but you're just not sure you could handle this. And if you're at home, you can turn me off at will. The Lord showed me that. Because this subject matter 
demands a reflection. Take heed. Is your relationship with God your priority or is it your aftermath? Do you give God your leftovers or is he your center? He loves you either way. He wants to save you either way. But I just spoke about being saved by the skin of your teeth and I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to let God be the peripheral of my life and I hope I make it. No, I'm going to make sure I'm in the bride of Christ. You know, Pastor, this all sounds so fanciful. We've never, you know, no, it's the word of God and it's either true or none of it's true. I wish... I, Brother Carl and I had, Lord, we talked for hours this week. And, and I wish that God wrote all this in a very concise, chronological way right there in Revelation. He didn't because he wanted us to search his scriptures and find them to be true. So we find that Christ's second coming, literal second coming, when he steps on the Mount of Olives, and that Mount of Olives is split in two, and he rescues the people of Israel and sets up his millennial kingdom, and Satan is bound then the great and white throne judgment. I have many thoughts about the white throne judgment. That's not the subject today. We'll be talking about that on a later date of what that looks like and what happens and who's there. The millennial kingdom is so interesting to me. And we have very little said about the actual kingdom and what happens. We are ruling and reigning over this earth. That means there are people here that we're ruling and reigning over that have not been caught up to be with him in the air. That still have an opportunity to worship him at his house. Many of you have thought that, well, if I'm not raptured, we don't know exactly what happens. But we know there are believers during the tribulation. We know that there are people that we will rule over in the millennial kingdom as God has set it up. It's not those who have been caught up. No, we are, we are the kings and the priests, the scripture tells us. At that great white throne judgment, mankind, those that have not been called up and resurrected, they will be brought before. Those believers in the tribulation will be brought before that great white throne judgment. And they will give an account for everything they have said or done. It's after this. It's after this. Look at your neighbor and say, it's after all this. The angel stood on the edge of heaven and said, it is done. It's like Jesus on the cross when he says, it is finished. Same verbiage. The angels say, it is done. It's over. Now we see descending from the heavens a new heaven and a new earth. (laughs) Where we will not rule and reign, but we will simply be at his feet worshiping him with the angels for eternity. All wars will be over. All fights will be done. There'll be no crying, no tears, no suffering. It's in that place. Many people put that way before it's actually supposed to be. That is the last and final thing after the great and white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is when that that new heaven and that new earth, that new Jerusalem, oh, it's going to come down and we're going to reside and we're going to be... oh. Revelation 7 says it like this. And, and John saw us, and this is what he said. He said, and when I saw us, we were from every nation, every kind, every creed, that we were all at one place. We were in the throne room. Oh, John says, and I saw us, and we were all singing. And it wasn't an old song. It wasn't a song we made up. No, it was a heavenly song. He says, and we were all singing a new song unto the Lord. And we were worshiping him. And holy, holy, holy. And for eternity, we will rejoice. I'm going to come back when we come to the white throne judgment. And I talk about it exclusively for a service or a time. I might mix two together there. But this is when the great abyss in hell is opened 
for those that don't know Christ. Don't you understand something? We can put people in hell and say that they're going to hell. Hell's not going to be opened up until the millennial reign is over. Are they living? Yeah, they die and they're without God. Yes, unequivocally, we see that example. Right? We die and we sleep in Jesus. Someone say, yes, Lord. We read that last week. So we are going to be absent is to be what? Present. We'll be aware of his presence. We get a whole different path than those that deny the Lord and his Christ. So today, I end with this. Are you ready? Do you have enough oil in your lamp? Have you let the cares of this life steal the time that you should have taken to go to the store and buy some more oil? You see, that store is really this altar and this prayer room when you go and you sup with your Father and He fills you with His Spirit over and over and over again. But when you don't visit God's palace and you don't visit God's throne and you're not there, guess what happens? You begin to burn oil and it does not get replaced. And then you find yourself, hey, can you share some with me? Come on, Hannah, you worship really good. Give me some of yours. Come on, guess what? I wished I could store it up for all of you. But Jesus said that you've got to study to show yourself approved. Jesus said that you have to have a relationship with him, that I can't have one for you. Jesus indicates to us that we will give an account for every word, every deed, that we will stand before him and give an account for us not what others did there's going to be no blame game at that judgment seat of Christ no one's going to stand up there and say but they made me do it no mm -mm. because the reality is we have choice someone say amen so my question today is are you willing to take heed is there anybody here that feels that tug of God's presence maybe you've never been baptized in Jesus name for the remission of your sins and for the promise of resurrection maybe you've never given your heart to God at all maybe you maybe you've just kind of been floating and hoping everything works out I'm declaring the word of God in front of you those that are online I'm declaring it to you that God's word is very specific and it's either true here or it's true nowhere and God is calling to you today are you listening Come on, every head bowed. Come on. Hmm. Why don't you stand with me? Now every head bowed. Hmm. Come on, take that vow before the Lord. If you feel the Holy Ghost, if God is coming to your heart while I have ministered and you feel that tug on you, you have that question in your mind, am I ready? Why don't you settle that this morning? You see, it doesn't have to be loud or shout. You don't have to cry. It's not about that. It's not about emotion. It's about decision and obedience. And God is asking somebody in this room and online today, I feel very impressed that there's somebody online. You need to contact us so we can pray over you and we need to speak truth into your life. But I want you to remember one thing that he warned us. If I come and I catch you not watching, you won't be ready. I come like a thief in the night, like the lightning screams from the east to the west like a thief that comes when you're unaware. Jesus is calling. He's calling you right now. If you're a saint of God in this place and you know you're ready, I want you just to lift your hands. I would like everybody to, but I'm just telling you right now, I just feel the Holy Ghost. Just keep your eyes closed and let the Holy Spirit work through you right now. Release that gift of the Holy Spirit. Let, let that out right now in the name of Jesus. If the enemy is attacking you right now with doubt, 
you've been serving God your whole life, but now you're standing here and saying, am I ready? I'm not sure. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. That's the enemy talking to you. And those of you who've never committed your life to Jesus, I'm here to pray with you right now today. We have pastors that are going to meet with you. Come right now from all over this house. I'm hoping my prayer elders today that you guys would just come as those that come because I feel a call of God in this room. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. If you're here today and you'd like to say a prayer, if you'd like to find a new space for Jesus Christ in your life, come on, come forward. You're safe up here. No one's going to press you or make you do anything. I promise you, but I pray today that you will take a step of faith, a step of faith, a step of faith. Come on, sing it. Oh, come on, come on, take a step of faith today. You are worthy of it Lift your hands all over this house. Let the Holy Spirit touch you right now, wherever you're at. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, who needs to pray this morning? Come on. Don't let your pride get in the way. Come on. Don't let your human spirit get in the way of your eternal spirit. Come on. Come on, come on. I feel the hall. Come on. Don't be afraid. If you're a guest here, I would love to pray with you today. Oh, you deserve the glory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are worthy of it all. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are worthy of it. 